FYI, Trista should be coming in to bring me a Coke here shortly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't know if you were going to talk or if I was going to. Also, what is my hair doing? What, I don't what know. It? I'm trying to figure out what mine's doing. God damn. Well, yours is, yours is humidity related. Mine is being part black. <laughs> this shit just kinks and it goes where it wants. Mine is like pretending <laughs> uh, like I'm Ace Ventura. Like, hello. 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 What do you, where are you going? I don't know. So as soon as like I sat down and I was going to, and I looked at my phone and I saw I had a message on messenger and I was like, shit, <laughs> because I had just painted my nails. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That was fast. We literally talked like less than 15 minutes ago. I'm a fast nail painter. Hmm. So my nails are wet. like that. Um, and because my nails are wet, there will be no can cracking oh well yep come in hello oh you're my hero sister you got my card oh yeah oh you ain't gotta throw shit at me damn thank you all right so since rin is not cracking open a thing let's just no well done that was like a purr yeah well it's a twist top so i'm gonna go with it um, I had to take my nighttime vitamins because Mark and I are trying to be more health conscious and aware of things that are, we're putting in our body and like, we're trying to take vitamins and medicine to like help us be more healthy. I gotcha. And I didn't have anything. I didn't, ha- I was like, do you have, and I looked at it, girl, what are you- I've got a gnat. <sighs> All I heard was, <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> I needed and, a rum and coke. This is a, a rum and coke emergency. Go ahead. Okay. Is it really a rum and coke? I feel like I should have a rum and coke. But the rum like was it. already in my cup. I was just oh. waiting for the coke to get here. <laughs> okay. I'm like, how did you, do you just like keep rum in your pillow? Well, I don't know. Most people would consider me an alcoholic. So, I don't know. Um, no, you are not an alcoholic. So anyways, we're trying to be more healthy. And I didn't have, I was sitting, I was there and I was, I didn't have anything to like take my vitamins with. Um, cause I didn't have a cup and I didn't want to grab a cup. So I looked at Mark and I was like, do you have anything left in your can of Coke? And so I take a sip of his Coke and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> because like I haven't drank soda other than energy drinks in like yep. years. Yeah. And, and even before I, that, you weren't an overly huge, like soda fan. I mean, I love a good Coke zero and I love yeah. root beer. Like, don't get me wrong. Like I can like pound back some Coke. At least Coke Zero, but not like full sugar Coke. Um, anyways, so like, I was like, man, when am I going to not have that like metallic taste when it comes to soda? And he's like, well, when did you stop taking the meds? And I was like, ah, three weeks ago. He's like, yeah, that's out of your system. You just don't like soda anymore. And I'm like, <laughs> damn it. Damn it, damn it, damn it. And now that we're three and a half minutes in, I'm Rin. And I'm Tammy. And this is... I love a good rabbit hole. I know I kind of screwed it up at the beginning. You were probably thinking about doing that. And then I was like, oh yeah, by the way, I've got Coke coming so I could, you know, drink. So I was thinking in my head, uh, because like, there's like certain podcasts that I listen to and I was like listening to their intros and stuff. And I was like, you know, ours is like this like funky beat and stuff. It's like, it doesn't really fit how weird we are. And then I was thinking in my head, I was like, it'd be really funny if we had like something that was all like, and 
was loud. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to refrain on the like, but like, you know, like it like stopped and then like out of nowhere, like with a woman's like that classic Screaming. Hollywood scream. Yeah. I can't do that Hollywood scream. I don't have that ability, but like, yeah. I was just thinking, not that I plan on changing our intro in anytime soon. Okay. Because I lazy AF. But we'll get there. Nah. We'll get there. Yeah. Um. Excuse me. Excuse wow, me. we are a couple of classy broads. Man, you what? Like, it's it's a good thing we're both in relationships because if we weren't, mm, we'd be single AF. Am I still in a relationship? Are you? Anyway, I thought you were. I mean, you call him your boyfriend. Last time I checked. I mean, did you check like the last time you checked when you were a human? What are we studying today? Today, well, so I'm drinking out of my my Bucky mug. Oh, yeah, that is. I have some blackberry tea because it is officially some straight up tea weather here in in the southern Indiana land. So I am. uh, And I finally feel a little bit more human because like all day today, I've been like a lethargic cow because yesterday I got my vaccine. And I'll Mm. tell you what, last night I had a low grade fever all night long. Sucked. I was sweaty and gross and this morning I woke up and like my hands ached and my knees ached and all my joints ached. I was like, uh Yeah, welcome to my world on almost a daily basis. <laughs> well, it was the COVID ache, not the I'm almost 80 ache. Hmm. And uh, so I was, so I messaged my boss and I was like, I'm using my vaccine hours because I feel like death. They give you guys vaccine hours? Yeah, they give us eight vaccine hours. I feel so cheated right now. Yep. We, they also gave us free vaccines. Oh yeah, we get free vaccines, but we don't get vaccine hours. That that'd be nice. Um, I feel like they should have done the vac the they should have done the thing on Friday and not on a Tuesday because yeah. like give any of that extra day because like everybody inevitably. But anyway, so Addie was gone all day too because she's on fall break, mm-hmm. and she went to Indianapolis with her friend Kylan and Sarah. Okay. Um, and so she's been having fun and adventures all day up in Indianapolis. And uh, so she'll be home around 830. They apparently stopped off in Bloomington uh, to pick up Powerball tickets. Nice. Because, you know, it's like $1.2 billion right now. Yeah. 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 The yeah. other day I saw it was like $999 million or something like that. I, I Like, I don't even, I don't need a billion dollars. I'll take, I'll take 500000 Yeah. Like, I don't. You know, I swore up and down if I ever had a huge chunk of change, I wasn't going to be that person like in six months it was gone. Six what, months you, it was gone. How did you have a huge chunk of change? When did you have a huge chunk of change? This spring, I cashed out my purse and I paid off um, a bunch of my bills and I got my grill fixed. For those of you who don't know, that was my teeth. They were all kinds of fucked up. That was what I was telling you was like almost $18,000 because my insurance only covered like $137 of what needed to be done. What did you cash out? My PERS. It's the Public Employee Retirement Fund. You got rid of your retirement? Tummy. I'm not going to retire anytime soon anyway. Nobody in my goddamn family has. Even my dad, after he retired, went back to work. And if I thought for a half a, you know what? Anyway, girl, that's that's scary. <sighs> I I didn't start my retirement until I was much later in life. Like I started my retirement probably five years ago, mm. and I'm years old. Yeah, 
So mine, mine was for when I started at the sheriff's office, they uh, met us for everything. And when I retired, I didn't roll it over and I completely forgot about it. And then I got like a purse statement. I was like, holy crap. And then, yeah, I, I got a pretty good chunk of change, but did you have to, didn't you have to pay taxes on oh, that? Oh yeah. Or? I paid like almost $20,000 in taxes. Wait a minute. You had a whole bunch of money and I didn't get a birthday present. I sent you a birthday present. What did I send you? What did I send you, Ren? I sent you a birthday present. No, you didn't. I swear to God, I sent you a birthday present, Ren. Nope. Oh, good. Well, that just, you know, go ahead and solidifies the fact that I am the biggest piece of shit in the world. So, And you're my best friend. I'm really sorry for you. What no. are we talking about today? You are my best friend. It doesn't matter talking about birthday presents. It does. No, it doesn't. Today we're talking about witches again, round two. Round Ding. Two. But this time we're talking about the atrocities of, of what happened in the United States of America before it was the United States of America uh, in a little Sorry. town called Salem. Huh. Not Salem, Oregon? No, Salem, Massachusetts. I guess we were United States because it was Salem, Massachusetts. I think it was considered still at that point in time the continental United States. The colonial. Colonial Conti- United States? Coloni- co- continental? Yes. When we first started out, we were the continental United States. Oh, I didn't know that. It shows you how well I paid attention in U.S. history. <clears throat> Anyways, we are talking about the Salem Witch Trials. And I don't go into, like, graphic, gory details. But I do. But I will preface the fact that I do talk about torture. Um, and, you know, I do talk about death things like that, and um, people that were wrongly accused. And one of the main things that started the Salem witch trials was one particular girl who, so the Salem witch trials is a, it's a very good example of how religious persecution and religion just in general can cause someone so much anxiety that it leads to the death of 20 people because literally it was a girl, one little girl's anxiety about hearing stories and that she was evil and, and that she was doing wrong, that it caused her to have anxiety fits and her family back then, they didn't know what anxiety was. It was fits. Mm -hmm. So she was, so to, to hide her fits and to cover it up so that, you know, people didn't think that, didn't try to find out why she was having the fits. Her and her friends ganged up on a bunch of people in a town. <clears throat> and it's really, really, really sad that it all stemmed from basically one little girl's anxiety about hearing stories that she thought if anyone found out that she enjoyed hearing the stories, they would think she was evil or bad or you know, not good. And so with anything, that, and anything that wasn't good and pure was, of course, from the devil. Of course, like mm-hmm. anything. And it's just it, it's so crazy to think. So with that, let's let's jump into this if we have to. We have to. I have a piece of falafel stuck in my teeth. Good times. Is yeah. that what you were eating earlier? Mm-hmm. Nice. I have never had to- a falafel. We went to Mana for dinner, and uh, it was delicious. They gave us um, two pieces of baklava, which we ate. Well, we know baklava not that healthy. It does have nuts, therefore it is high in protein. Oh, well, there you go. So there we go. Okay, 
Salem Witch Trials. <laughs> the Salem Witch Trials were sparked by a combination of religious, social, and psychological factors. The exact trigger is difficult to pinpoint, but several events and circumstances contributed to the outbreak of accusations and subsequent trials. Here are some of the key factors. Belief in witchcraft. The Puritan community in Salem held strong beliefs in the existence of witchcraft and the devil's influence. They believed that witches made pacts with the devil and could cause harm to others. Religious and political tensions. Salem was divided into factions with differ differing religious beliefs, and there was ongoing conflict between factions vying for control of the local church. These tensions created a fertile environment for suspicion of scapegoating. Social strife and unease. Salem was facing economic challenges, disputes over land ownership, social and social divisions. This created an atmosphere of anxiety and uncertainty, which may have contributed to the scapegoating of individuals as witches. Um, then there is the case of the afflicted girls. The strange behavior exhibited by Betty Paris and Abigail Williams. So Betty Paris is the, the number one. She was the um, pastor's daughter, wasn't she? Yes. She wasn't the ringleader of their little group of girls, but she was the one who was having all of the anxiety and having the fits. Copy. Um, the, the strange behavior exhibited by Betty Paris and Abigail Williams, including fits, seizures, and hallucinations, was attributed to witchcraft. This led to the accusation of the first three women, Sarah Good, Sarah Osborne, Tituba, Chichiba. 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 Chit. Chichiba. Chichiba. Yes. <laughs> I was like, Chit? <laughs> Wait, what? She was the black <clears throat> slave that yes. they blamed it on originally, yeah. Right. Um, who was believed to be have bewitched the girls. Also, rumors and hysteria. Mass hysteria will get you every time. <clears throat> The accusations of witchcraft spread rapidly, fueled by rumors, fear, and growing and a growing sense of mass hysteria. People began to accuse their neighbors, friends, and family members, escalating the number of accused individuals. Like you could be humming a, a tune in, like just walking along humming, and because they didn't think music and stuff like that was pure or was of God, you were a witch. Wow. Like if you do, you, you like. God you forbid somebody be in a good mood. Right. Or like, you know, like, like a little girl, if she had like a stick and she drew pictures in the dirt, mm -hmm. that's satanic. Oh my goodness. She's drawing spells. Like, give me a break. Right. Legal and judicial processes. The court of Oyer and Termer established to handle the witchcraft cases, relied heavily on spectral evidence, testimony based on dreams and visions, <clears throat> and allowed leading questions. These oh. flaws... Yeah. Oh, okay. Hold on just a minute. So if you're humming a tune, you're a witch, but they're going to believe what you dream? Uh-huh. Oh, good Lord. Spe uh, based on people's dreams because people dreamed it or people's visions that they had. And they also did, they, it was, it was a kangaroo court. Wow. Okay. Sorry. Carry on. No, you're fine. Um, these flawed legal procedures contributed to the conviction and execution of numerous in, innocent individuals. 
The combination of these factors created a perfect storm of fear, suspicion, and a religious fever, fervor, not fever, fervor, leading to the Salem witch trials. It serves as a stark reminder of the dangers of mass hysteria, unfounded accusations, and the absence of due process. I'm sorry, but every time you say mass hysteria, all I think about is Ghostbusters, where he's like, dogs and cats living together in harmony, mass hysteria. Sorry. (laughs) Such a good movie. I know. Carry on. Yes. Okay. The afflicted girls were a group of young. So to start this, start what, what was the catalyst for all of this was the afflicted girls. They were a group of young girls who played a central role in the Salem witch trials. The two primary girls who initiated the accusations were Betty Paris, the nine-year-old daughter of Reverend Samuel Paris and Abigail Williams, the 11-year-old niece of Reverend Paris. So Abigail known as Abby was the ringleader like okay yeah in january so i didn't realize how short the salem witch trials were yeah and how like what took place in such a short amount of time to have such a prolific standing on our history is just insane so january 1692, Betty Paris and Abigail Williams begin exhibiting strange behavior, including uh, fits, convulsions, screaming, and claiming to see and interact with supernatural entities. Their symptoms were initially believed to be caused by an illness or bewitchment. Now, I'm sorry. My daughter acts like that on the regular. I I just think she's imaginative and a little bit kooky. Well, look at who her mom is. True that. The afflictions of Betty and Abigail sparked widespread concern. This hair. Hang on. I need to (laughs) fix it. There you go. All right. We're going to use my headphones. I couldn't think of the word. I wanted to call them a headband. My headbands. As a headband? Yes. I I was going to say my headbands as a headphones. (laughs) Sweet mother of pearl. I made this wrong. Yeah. How you doing? Are we going to have that situation where you're the reverse of me? No. Okay. Because I didn't understand half the stuff you said that day because I was way too toasty-mosty. That was when you, <laughs> that's when you were doing um, sleep paralysis and like, oh. I could not wrap my brain around the words that were coming out of your mouth. <laughs> it's okay. Does that make you think of a movie quote? Yes. Okay. Just wondering. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? What Nobody the- understands the words that are coming out of your mouth. The hair came back out. Oh, it's bewitched. Ladies and gentlemen, please hold. We have a mild wardrobe malfunction. There we go. Okay. And I have back. now clipped it back with a squishmallow hair clip because I am an adult and I have an octopus <laughs> hair clip in my hair. All right. So the afflictions of Betty and Abigail sparked widespread concern and speculation within the community. Other young girls in Salem Village, including Anne Putnam Jr. I've never heard of a girl being a, a junior. I have. Mercy Lewis, Mary Walcott, and Elizabeth Hubbard soon joined in experiencing similar symptoms, collectively becoming known as 
the afflicted girls. These girls often accuse specific individuals of bewitching them and causing their afflictions. Their accusations were taken seriously by authorities and played a significant role in the initiation of the witchcraft trials and subsequent persecution of numerous individuals. I'd have to say that this is probably the only time in history ever, other than like if they were a ruler, that people took the word of children over adults. Yes. So. That's terrifying. (laughs) So it is important to note that the motivations and reasons behind the girl's behavior have been the subject of speculation and debate. Hmm. Some theories suggest psychological factors, attention-seeking, or even a genuine belief in their experiences. Regardless, their accusations had a profound impact on the course and, and outcome of the Salem witch trials. So, the trials were a series of events that took place in colonial Massachusetts between um, 1692 and 1693. It was literally like a year and a half total. So, here is a timeline of the events. January 1692. I'm going to screw that up like so much by trying to say 1962. Yeah. The first signs of unusual behavior emerged when Betty Paris, the daughter of Salem Village Minister Samuel Paris, and her cousin Abigail Williams started experiencing fit seizures and other strange symptoms. February. The local doctor, William Griggs, examined Betty and Abigail, but fails to find a conventional medical explanation for their condition. He suggests that their symptoms could be the result of witchcraft. The end of February. February 29th. It was a leap year. I didn't know that. Well, there you go. There's some trivia for you. Salem witch trials took place in a leap year. Um, Three women, Sarah Good, Sarah Osborne, and Tituba, uh, if I say it wrong a million times, I'm sorry, a slave from Barbados, are accused of witchcraft by by, by the afflicted girls. Tituba, Tituba, uh, confesses to being a witch and claims that there are other witches in Salem. Bitch, why you gotta say there are other witches? Because if she's going down, she's taking everybody with her. No shit. So I mean, honestly, with the way that slaves were treated back then, I'd have fucking done the same thing. Fine, okay, I'm a witch, but guess what? So are all these bitches. Boom. <laughs> but here's the thing. They believed her. Yeah. Again, another time that a minority was believed. So, now March of 92, 1692. Hysteria spreads throughout Salem Village, and people begin to accuse their neighbors of practicing witchcraft. Several more individuals, mostly women, are accused, including Martha Corey, Rebecca Nurse, and Bridget Bishop. I wonder if they called her BB. (laughs) Probably not. So, now... All through April, they were pointing fingers at one another. Uh Now enter May. A special court, the Court of Oyer and Termer, is established to handle the growing number of witchcraft cases. The court is led by Chief Justice William Stoughton? 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 Stoughton. I'm going to say Stoughton. Okay. And includes several other judges. Basically a bunch of fat old white men. Yep. Wow, it's sad how things have never changed. Yep. I mean, look at our Supreme Court. I think there's one black guy. There, there's a token black guy, right? Or um, a- we don't claim him. He's kind of a disgrace, so. Yeah, that's true. He he, he is not us. No. 
All right. I, if you find me a black person who will claim Clarence Thomas, I'll find you a black person that needs to be bitch slapped. All right. Well, this 0.01% black person does not claim him. Especially a female black person. True that. <laughs> All right. So now we've gone from January to June. The first executions take place. Bridget, no, BB. (laughs) Bridget Bishop is convicted of witchcraft and hanged. She's the first to go. Sarah Osgood, Sarah, so Sarah Os, Sarah Good, Sarah Osborne, and several others remain in jail awaiting trial. Now, July, the trials continue and more people are accused, arrested, and put on trial. The specter of witchcraft begins to cast a shadow over the entire region. I mean, at this rate, everybody's a damn witch. Yes, pretty much. August. Like, damn, dude, every single month. The court of Oyer and Turmer becomes more aggressive in the pursuit of suspected witches. Many accused individuals are found guilty and the number of executions increase. September. Reverend, um, this is the stupidest. Sorry, Heather. This is the stupidest fucking name ever. <laughs> Reverend Increase Mather. Okay. His name is Increase. Yeah, I got that. <laughs> who, who has a baby and says, I'm going to name him Increase? I got nothing for you. I mean, what would happen if Increase Mather lived in uh, Intercourse, Pennsylvania? <laughs> increase from Intercourse? In, inter, increase Intercourse. Like, that's the, that's not a, that's not a name. That's a word. Well, back then maybe it was. That's like naming your kid pillow or blanket or blanket. Michael Jackson. Yes, I, I'm aware of who blanket is. Yes. Like who does that? Okay, sorry, I'm Michael done. Jackson. Going off on, I'm not done. <laughs> I'm not done on going off on this stupid name, but I'll probably go off on it a few more times. <laughs> Reverend Increase Mather, a prominent minister, expressed concerns about the court's handling of the trials. He suggests that spectral evidence, testimony based on dreams and visions, should not be used as, a, as sufficient proof of guilt. Well, damn, for a dumb name, he's a smart guy. You fucking think so? No shit. Sorry, you, go, you go, Increase. Right? You increase them intelligence. <laughs> now for October. The public opinion starts to shift and doubt arises and doubts arise about the fairness and validity of the trials. No. Took them almost a year to figure out that they were being unjust. Governor William Phipps, Phipps, stupid name too, orders the court of Oyer and Turmer to be dissolved. January. So we've gone a whole year now. The Superior Court of Judicature. 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 Judicature is established. So we went from Oyer and Turmer to Judicature. Okay. I feel like, I don't feel like we improved any. Um, is established to handle the remaining witchcraft cases. The new court is more skeptical of spectral evidence and relies on traditional legal standards. Hot damn, it took them a year. Right. The last, uh, now May. So from January to May. People are sitting there rotting in jail, Mm -hmm. running up jail fees. The last trials are held and the remaining accused individual are either acquitted or pardoned. By this time, 20 people have been executed and several others have died in jail. October. Governor Phipps pardons those who are still imprisoned for witchcraft, but they can't get out of jail until they pay their fees. 
Mm-hmm. The Salem witch trials officially come to an end. So from January of 1692 to October of 1693 is how long the wow. Salem witch trials lasted. And considering, like, just, like, how huge of, uh, of a, a marked point in time the witch trials are and what the witch trials sparked thereafter. Mm-hmm. So... Um, the Salem Witch Trials left a lasting impact on American history, serving as a cautionary tale of mass hysteria, religious extremism, extremism, and the danger of unfounded accusations. The events of, of 1692 to 1693 continued to be studied and analyzed to better understand the social, cultural, and psychological fa factors that contributed to such tragedy. So, in total, 20 people were executed. Here are their names and the date. So I wanted to pay tribute to the people that were executed. Here are their names and the, and the dates of their executions. Executions, not executions. <laughs> Bridget B.B. Bishop, June 10th, 1692. Sarah Good, July 19, 1692. Rebecca Nurse, Becky, July 19th. Oh my gosh. Oh, it's sad to see how many people died on July 19th. July 19th. Yeah, that was kind six, of the big one. Six, no, August was pretty big too. Was it? Yeah. Um, so Rebecca Nurse, July 19th, 1692. Elizabeth Howe, July 19th, 1692. Sarah Wilds, July 19th, 1692. George Burroughs, August 19th, 1692. John Proctor, August 19th. 1692 John Willard August 19th 1692 George Jacob Sr. August 19th 1692 Martha Carrier August 19th 1692 Martha Corey September 22nd 1692 Mary Eastie or Estie Eastie I think I'm sorry if I said your name wrong Mary mm. September 22nd 1692 Anne Pudiator, pud, pud, pudi, oh, I'm so sorry, Anne. Pud eater, pud eater. <laughs> Shit, that wasn't much better. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Anne. September 22nd, 1692. Alice Parker, September 22nd, 1692. Mary Parker, September 22nd, 1692. Is that mother and daughter? I think so. Aww. The youngest person that was accused of witchcraft was eight years old. Please tell me they didn't execute her. I don't think they did, but I, I think, think she might. I think she might have died in jail. Oh, boo! Um. So Wilmot Reed, or Red, September twenty second, sixteen ninety two. Margaret Scott, September twenty second, sixteen ninety two. Samuel Wardwell, September twenty second, um, sixteen ninety two. Now all of these people were hanged. So there was one person that w that died that was not hanged, and that was Giles Corey, who September was my personal hero. <laughs> September nineteenth, sixteen ninety two. He died the day he died on September nineteenth, and he was pressed to death, which is basically adding stones on top of boards, and it he refused to confess. He did not. He he refused, and uh, the only thing he would say is more weight. More Wait, which is why yep. he's my personal hero. Yep, because that he's is the biggest fuck you. Sorry, Heather, that you could have given anybody at that point in time. Yeah, 
Like he he refused because if he confessed because he knew that if he confessed if he said I'm guilty or I'm not guilty, then they he would go to trial. Mm -hmm. But if he did not confess, he would never go to trial. So they just continued to torture him until he died, and he was just like fine. Yeah, so be the it. sad the sad stuff that they did to try to test people as to whether they were witches back then. Dunking. Was, yeah, dunking. It was just ridiculous. Dunking, I don't think, actually happened during the Salem witch trials. No, it did not. But it was one of the ways that, you know, back in the day, they used to be able to tell if you were a witch. Right. Which was really stupid, because either way, you're dead. Like, that's the <laughs> dumbest logic ever. Like, I, what moron came up with that logic? Um, yeah. So, these executions... Were a, tra were a tragic outcome of the mass hysteria and fear that gripped Salem Village during that time. <sighs> um, it is important to remember the injustice and the lessons learned from this dark chapter in our history. Mm. During the Salem witch trials, several methods were used to execute individuals who were convicted of witchcraft. Here are the main methods employed. Hanging and pressing. Hanging was the most common method of execution during the Salem witch trials, which... Um, those found guilty of witchcraft were typically hanged by the neck until they were dead. This method was used on a majority of the include, including Bibi, Sarah Good, Rebecca Nurse, and many others. Pressing, Giles Corey, Corey, an elderly farmer, was subjected to a particularly brutal form of execution known as pressing. This individual, this involved placing a large wooden board on the victim's body and stacking heavy stones on top. The weight increased gradually until the person either confessed or was crushed to death. Corey was the only person to suffer this fate during the Salem witch trials. Um, so not all of the individuals that died during the Salem witch trials were executed. They weren't all executed. Some died in jail before their trials while others were acquitted or pardoned. Um, so a lot of people think that there was a lot of torture that happened during the Salem witch trials and there actually wasn't. It was more psychological torture um, because of the trials and letting them starve in jail and such. But there was some, um, there was some methods that were used. One is, was called Strapido. Um, <laughs> Sorry, that's a really funny name. Yeah. Um, this is a form of torture when the accused person's hands were tied behind their back and they were suspended from a rope. They would then be dropped oh, God. and jerked back up abruptly, causing extreme pain and potential dislocation of joints. Oh, God. I guess I should have said trigger warning. Oh, that hurts me so bad. <laughs> the intent was to force a confession. No shit. Right? I'd confess. I, I, I just take me now. Yeah, just just hang me now. Just hang like, me. I'm good. Go I'm ahead. <laughs> yep. While there are records of Shapido being used in other witch trials, its usage in the Salem witch trials is debated among historians. Uh, another one, which was probably the most common torture that was used, was sleep deprivation. Mm. Sleep deprivation, while not a physical torture, um, it was used as a means of psychological pressure. Accused individuals were often kept awake for long periods, sometimes through the night, through the night vigils and intense questioning in an attempt to weaken their resistance and elicit confessions. And we still use that today. Yeah. I mean, it's the most painless torture we use. Yes. Um, Some of, well, painless depending on, you know, the person being tortured. Um. 
The use of torture, torture during the Salem witch trials was limited compared to other historical per, um, persecution events. The primary methods of obtaining evidence and extracting confessions were through intense interrogations, leading questions, and the reliance on spectral evidence. The social and psychological pressure faced by the accused played a significant role in the proceeding. So, um, one of the really sad things is... Uh, when the last person was officially pardoned was October 31st, 2001. There's some irony for you. Yep. Wait, 2001? Yeah. Seriously? That's when the last person was pardoned. Sweet baby Jesus. Jane Swift. The pardon, um, she was granted a posthumous, obviously, uh, uh, pardon. Posthumous or posthumous? Po- posh- posthumous. Not posthumous. Post-humorous. It was afterwards funny. (laughs) I sound so educated sometimes. Go ahead. All right. Jane Swift. The pardon served as a symbolic recognition of the injustice and wrongful convictions that occurred during the trials. Um, It is worth noting that other individuals convicted during the trials had their convictions overturned and their names cleared in the years following the event. But Anne, shit, Pudider, Puditor, whatever. I mean, her name, it's P-U-D-E-A-T-O-R, Pudider. Okay. I mean, or it could be Pudider, but then that just sounds like you're calling her a mud eater or a death eater. (gasps) She was a witch. Okay, sorry. Pudiator? Pudiator. I don't. Okay. Anyway. Okay. So her pardon came much later. Uh, There is a memorial dedicated to those who lost their lives in the Salem witch trials. Uh, The memorial is located in Salem, Massachusetts, near the downtown area. It was created in honor to memory. Created to honor the memory of the individuals who were wrongly accused, convicted, and executed during the trials. Now, here's the thing. How did I know they were wrongly accused? All of them. Uh, you know, I don't, I, I don't know what they consider I mean, that. because there is so much, like, lore mm-hmm. about that there was an actual coven in Salem. And that those people fled Salem when the, the trials started. When all of this began. Yeah. Uh huh. I mean, there's even a shirt that says "1692." They missed one. Yeah. Um. I'm also also wondering how close. Um. What was the name of the movie? What's the name? Practical the, Magic. No, not the Scarlet Witch. The one with Winona Ryder about the Salem Witch Trials. Scarlet Letter. No. No, it's not the Scarlet Letter. But you know what one I'm talking about. Um, no. But yeah. Damn it. Anyway, where Google it. Yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. Where Do they a research. Believed, where they believed um, Chichiba was, just- was one of the reasons um, that it all started. God dang it. What's the name of it? Let's see who can find it first. The Crucible. Oh. The Crucible. Where the, it was basically Chichiba was teaching them about her religion um, at the beginning. And... Abigail, the pastor's niece, was having an affair with John Proctor, one of the people accused of witchcraft, and how it all started because the girls were caught dancing around a fire with Chichiba. 
mm. Tichima, whatever. And and how the girls were so afraid because they were caught that they said she was teaching us black magic and we were doing witchcraft. And then they started freaking out and started doing the whole anxiety thing. And right. it was like, I, I'm almost wondering how close that was because one of the things that I'm sorry, I'll, I'll let you get back to your story in a minute. But no, one you're of the fine. things Go for it. in the history is that they don't say about slavery is how close these kids were with their house slaves, things right. like the maids or the housemen and stuff like that. These were the people that were bringing them up so that their parents could continue on in their high society and not have to worry about a three and a four year old because the black person's taking care of them. And right. these kids become really engrossed in that slave's life. So it's like, I almost wonder how much of that, was true since Tichiba was one of the first accused. Was it accused because the kids liked her better or, yeah. you know, anyway. No, I mean, the, uh, on it, uh, I mean, there's no way to know for sure, yeah. but I mean, it's, it's really, it's really fascinating to think about. Um, and to wonder if any of the women that were truly accused, if they, you know, if they actually were, practicing well some of them could be centered especially goody nurse mm -hmm. she because she, she used herbs exactly she used alternate medicines well, and these she people used medicine then she wasn't a doctor she was yeah, a man these people literally just got to this new area and i mean if you stop and think about some of the stuff that they were learning from like the indigenous people and learning how to use these roots and these herbs and and stuff like that that yep. other people aren't used to Who's to stop them from saying she's a witch, you know? Exactly. So they could have very easily just been an alternative medicine kind of person. So in a way, Goody Nurse was a witch. Yeah, she exactly. Was a, she, was, she was a healer. Exactly. And they killed her because they're stupid. Because you know, they were our friends. Let's kill our healers. And then I other mean, people like John Proctor and Mr. Giles, they had huge pieces of land that other people wanted. Right. So how easy is it to go, you're a witch. Oh, hey, look at that. Your land's available now. <laughs> it's mine. Yeah. I mean, and it's not like the land back then was anything like the land we have nowadays. It's like, yeah. I mean, it was, there were, there were no roads. It was nope. hot mess. So the memorial that's located um, in downtown Salem uh, consists of a semi-circular stone wall with memorial plaques inscribed with the names of the victims and the dates of their executions. There are also benches placed throughout the memorial area for visitors to reflect and pay their respects. The design of the memorial aims to invoke a sense of solemnity and remembrance. Um, so also, during the Salem Witch Trials, so I know that after the Salem Witch Trials, came about witch hunts still like mm -hmm. a lot of it started with Salem witch trials, but there was also then a book, the way to hunt and find a witch mm -hmm. that was found. But during the Salem witch trials, um, the primary book that was used was a Bible. Yes. Uh, the Puritan community in Salem, Massachusetts held strong religious beliefs and relied heavily on biblical teachings to guide their lives. The Bible was considered the ultimate authority and was often used to justify the pros prosecution um, of those accused of witchcraft. In addition to the Bible, there were also other texts that influenced 
the beliefs and actions of the community during that time. One notable book was, and we all know this one, The Malus Maleficarium, Latin, Hammer of Witches, written by Heinrich Kramer and Jacob Springer, which I'm sorry, both names sound very Hitlery. Yes. Um, this book was written in 1487. So mm-hmm. that book is old AF. Older than the Salem Witch Trials. Yep. Although this book was not specifically used during the Salem Witch Trials, it is widely known and influenced an influential. In, uh, try that I'm again. Sorry. Hold on. No, you're good. The band is getting ready to start practicing and I didn't want it to come over, so I needed to show them. Uh, good times. It is widely known as an influential treatise on witchcraft and provided a framework for understanding and identifying witches. Um, let's see. So after the Salem witch trials, they, you know, obviously witch hunts continued. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was somebody who was titled a, um, a witch finder. Witch finders were individuals appointed or authorized to investigate and uncover individuals suspected of practicing witchcraft. Witch finders were often empowered by local authorities or religious officials to interrogate, gather evidence, and persecute those accused of witchcraft. They would employ various methods, such as questioning, searching for a witch's mark, which we all know is nothing more than a damn freckle or mole or birthmark, Um, and relying on testimonies or or spectral evidence to build their cases. It's worth noting that witch finders played a significant role in perpetuating the hysteria and contributing to the unjust persecution of innocent individuals during witch trials throughout history. One of the most famous and notorious witch finders in history is Matthew Hopkins. Hopkins lived in England during the 17th century and gained notoriety for his involvement in the witch hunt frenzy known as the English Witch Trials. Jesus, the amount of witch trials is just disturbing. Um, Matthew Hopkins referred to himself as the Witchfinder General, his self-appointed mm. title. He was not formally appointed by any authority, but it t- but took it upon himself to identify... Literally, nobody appointed him to be a witch finder. He was a charlatan. That's all he, he was. He was a witch. Oh, rile me up. Hopkins <laughs> traveled throughout East Anglia, um, conducting investigation, interrogations, and trials. He claimed to have developed a method of discovering witches based on physical examinations and tests. He was a pervert. He just wanted to touchy-feely. Yeah. Because Hop- when you physically examine somebody, you strip them naked. Of course. I mean, just get a wife, dude. Get a hobby. (laughs) Get a hobby. Get a wife. Hopkins published a guidebook in 1647 called The Discovery of Witches, which I might add is a trilogy and it's fucking good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've read it and I've watched it. Um, which outlined his methods of belief about witchcraft. His methods often involved torturous techniques to extract confessions from from the accused. While Matthew Hopkins was a prominent figure in the history of Witchfinders, it is important to know that there are others who played similar roles in different re- regions and time periods. The actions of Witchfinders, like Hopkins, have since been criticized for their unethical practices and contribution to the persecution and suffering of countless innocent. Say it isn't so. Innocent people. And that is the timeline about the Salem witch trials, those that perished, and a little bit about witch findering. 
mm. which I believe we probably still have those people today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like it's like we have vampire hunters and we have right. and, werewolf and they're hunters. glorified on Netflix mm-hmm. or Hulu or whatever streaming mm-hmm. channel and i don't actually think those people are vampire hunters i think they are literally just poorly paid poorly paid actors yes of course they find, are. find their five minutes of fame a hundred percent like they're no better than zach bagel bites oh, i fucking hate zach bagans yeah like i don't even watch his show but like just the amount of like stuff i know about him i cannot i find him to be absolutely deplorable yeah i'm with you on that one like I would never, ever in a million years go to his his road show in Vegas. No, his or his mu- museum. Yeah. yeah, his museum. I call it a road show because to me, pretty much it. Yeah. Like apparently he has the presumed shovel of Ed Gein. How the fuck do you know it's Ed Gein's shovel? Whatever. Like that's stupid. Whatever. I know he did get a lot of stuff from. Um, Ed and uh, Lorraine Warren's nephew, yeah. yeah, that is on display over there. But yeah, no, I'm I'm a hundred percent with you. There's absolutely no reason for no. And apparently, it's like his show. His thing is like sixty dollars. Yeah. You cannot bring a phone. All the rooms are dark, and he narrates every single. Of course, he does because he loves the sound of his own voice. I know, and his voice is so annoying. Yeah. But he does have Robert the Doll. And Robert the Doll is creepy. I've heard Robert so the much. Doll is actually in another area now. He did have it, but it's in another area. And I know he's got the Dybbuk box, which yes. him and Post Malone had a big old hoop to deal yeah. about. Which is, again, stupid. I mean, okay, like, I've heard the stories about the Dybbuk box. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, that box sounds hella creepy. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's just, like, some untainted, there's some tainted juju in that box. Yeah. That you I don't want to be fucking with. Like, I have a feeling that it was owned by some people who died in the Holocaust. And see, my my thing with him is he was all about doing whatever it was he was doing. And then he got into the House of Hell. And he I fucked around with some shit he should not have. Yeah, he bought a house that was reportedly possessed or something like that. Oh, this. the Hell House in Indiana. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not that one. Was it that one? Anyway, he ended up, the house ended up being torn down. He actually lost part of his vision and his hearing, which is why now he has to wear those big ass stupid glasses because he can't see shit for fucking around with stuff he shouldn't have been. Sorry, Heather. If you're going to do stuff like this, do it respectfully. Apparently there's a movie and that movie was yes. it was shot at a real haunted house in Lytton, yes. Pennsylvania. That's the one. But no, the real hell house... Yeah, the Demon House. Is it called the Demon House? Yes. Where was it at? Uh, Hold, please. We're doing an investigation on a Google. Ammons, which the Ammons hauntings occurred. Where, 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 where? Gary, Indiana. You were right. Yeah, Gary, yeah. yeah. Gary, Indiana. Which is also the birthplace of Michael Jackson. Yes. So, I mean, Gary, Gary, Indiana is just a, is a shithole of a, of a town, period. All right. We will not be going to Gary if I ever come and visit you. It, wait, I'm sorry. What was that? I, I mean, her? when. That's what I thought you said. When. When you I. Hussy? We're not talking about that right now. You brazen hussy? Yes. Wait, we're not talking about you being a hussy? Or we're not talking oh, about no, you, you can call me. me all you want. I'm, I'm 100% a homewrecker. 
Oh, okay. Um, I will let you know, uh, since we're going to circle back on this, um, your birthday present is going to be late. Okay. Because I have to have it shipped to my house and then I have to ship it to you and you know how good I am at shipping things. That really doesn't matter because apparently I'm shit at remembering to send you something for your birthday. But again, we're not That's talking okay. about that. So anyway, I was actually is... listening to a, yes. uh, I'm, I'm like oh, binge well, listening to, I'm binge listening to lore. Ah, and I was listening to it. Yeah. I was listening to it as I was on my way back from getting my dad for the second time getting lost in Portland yesterday. Months of podcast stuff. Um, And he was talking about a witch or a lady who was um, charged with witchcraft in the Mm -hmm. Salem witch trials. But I can't remember her last name. I'll have to remember it. Anyway, she was one of the ones that was released from jail, but apparently her neighbors were pissed that she was released from jail. And one guy that she had like this huge issue with um, was getting sick and they were blaming her for it. So they went and they grabbed her and they beat the hell out of her and they buried her in snow. And then they went back to him and was like, oh, you know, we got her. And the next day he's dead. He's completely bruised. He's got puncture holes in him. He's dead. But she wasn't. So, and that was even after being hung because they threw a rope over a tree and hung her um, and then buried her in the snow after they beat the hell out of her. It was Again, kind of vigilante justice. Make sure they're dead and warm. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be warm and dead before you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she lived like another 11 years. Nice. So, yeah. The guy who accused her died. She lived 11 years. That's kind of the ultimate fuck you, in my opinion. <laughs> kind of. Sorry. I mean, that's, that's definitely a, uh, I don't know what I was going to say, but that's, that's definitely a definite. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, articulation is so my poor day. <laughs> Hi, words. <laughs> words are hard. That's yeah. okay. That was so, a good story. I liked. I liked it. Well, I mean, that's good history, and that's something that should. Constantly it's still a be story. Remembered. It's still a story. Like, I mean, even though it's his, it's a historic story, it's still a story. I mean, bi- biographies are in fiction and are nonfiction, so you know, can be true and not true and still be a story. Like Desi said, we're all writing our stories, and we're in the middle of it. So, or like the doctor said, everybody's the story. Make it a good one. I don't think that was a, that was a really bad quote. Actually, hang on, I gotta say it right. Oh, please hold. More research being done. Damn it. We're all stories in the end. Just make it a good one. Yeah. That was the eleventh Doctor. Yeah. Because the tenth one is my favorite. Oh yeah. I mean, although I was quite fond of Chris Christopher Eccleston too. Oh, me too. And I think he's coming back for a brief stint in this one the the thanksgiving or new year's or the 60th anniversary mm, that yeah. has a non-british actor like yeah. what the hell yeah, i mean yeah. i guess the uk finally ran out of actors they finally needed to start taking some from america i still think they should have idris elba as the doctor they already have their new doctor and he's black is he he's black and gay nice yeah like he's openly gay okay I don't know if the doctor will be gay, but I know that the actor is gay and he's open about it. So, and so, but he's still not a ginger. I don't think he'll ever be a ginger. I got to see Karen Gillian at Comic-Con. 
That's cool. I went to her uh, spotlight. She was one of my. She was one of my least favorite companions. Really, I, I hated, hated the black the doctor. Oh, jo- Jones, Doctor Jones. Oh, that oh. bitch! I wanted the throat puncher. Every time yeah. she opened her mouth, I'm like, stop talking. Yeah. Well, she was like, she came right after Rose, and like, there she had no hope. She had none. And then there was Doctor Donna after that, and it's like Donna Noble was. Donna Noble is my second favorite companion next to Rose Tyler. Yeah. Like I freaking, and, and she's coming back with David Tennant. So I'm just like, sign me up for a box of chocolate. Right. (laughs) Like literally. Oh, and I I wonder how they're going to do it because like the whole point was, is that Donna Noble lost all her memories about the doctor. And if she brings back, if her memories come back, she could die. Oh my gosh. So sorry. I'm a little bit of a doctor who fan. (laughs) So that is uh, that. That's your Doctor Who speak on. Uh, I love a good rabbit hole. We could go. I could go on a Doctor Who rabbit hole for hours. Do you still have the scarf I made you? Of course. Oh, Matt thinks that we should open a booth for Comic Con next year because he makes jewelry. Mm-hmm. Darian does the little clay figurines. Uh-huh. He actually is really good at it. And Matt's like, you can do a whole bunch of Doctor scarves, and I'm like. You're like, yeah, no. It took me a year to make the one that I did. I mean, Rita had to wait a long time for that scarf. That scarf is hard to make, especially because, like, it's very specific. Like, there's so many lines of so many things Mm -hmm. of different colors. And, like, that scarf, no, I don't want, nobody else can have a tummy made Doctor Who scarf. (laughs) That's like an original, and that's mine. And I wear it when it gets really effing cold because I can wrap it all the way around my face. Like twelve like, times, <laughs> right? It's literally as it's as long as me. So no, I love that scarf. I will never not have that scarf. Like I've had somebody buy me like you know a hot topic version of that scarf, and I'm like, no, <laughs> not as good. I have one made from real woolly yarn with really stuff. So all right, let's wrap up this shindig because we've gone for an hour. We haven't done an hour one in a long time. In a minute, I hope, yeah. I, I hope uh, anyone who is listening to this, you uh, had a car ride uh, or a drive, or you had some boring work to take care of, and you just wanted to have our ear, our ears tantalizing your voice. Flip that. Try it again. <laughs> our voice tantalizing your ear. Ears. Strike that. Reverse it. Right. Ah, oh, Willy Wonka. Okay. That's some lore. Like... The, the, the Matt said the other day that Willy Wonka was something with children. Anyway, let's finish acid? This up. No. Oh. Okay. Well, here we go. Thanks for joining us in the rabbit hole. Hop in next week when we tumble down again. If you want, you can follow us on Instagram to see what stories are coming up. Our name is Like Rabbit Holes. If you have an idea and you want us to research it, email us at likerabbitholes at gmail.com. Whatever podcast player you listen to us on, please drop us a star rating or a review. As always, remember to have a wonderful morning, night, or afternoon. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. Look at that. That one was like perfect. I didn't fuck up at all. <laughs> Why is my mouse, like I have a wireless mouse and so I like, I try to go to stop recording. Oh, 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 oh,